just because you hate it doesn't mean you you can't love it, I guess. Because I, I truly hated it. It was like the last thing I wanted to do. For whatever reason, kept having people in my life trying to get me to do it. And then it became something that I felt the indi individual freedom to just go run whatever time of day, wherever. Hey, what's going on, guys? We got another episode of Chats with Max. We got Brady Silverwood and just finished his run across America, 3,311 miles. How's it feel, bro? Woo! It feels great. Thank you guys for having me in today. This is awesome. I mean, I feel like this is a long time in the making because I got, I hit you up once you were probably about, I want to say halfway through or three-fourths of the way through with the Seacrest show to get you on just as an update. Yeah. And it's been awesome seeing your adventure. Yeah, that was uh, that was amazing to have uh, the whole team at on air with Ryan calling in. Like, I think it was every state from Texas. Yeah, yeah, and um, just having that, I guess, additional support and and being able to talk to you on the side and send you some run videos and stuff was was cool. Yeah, I was looking back at your first video where you were in New Jersey and you touched the water and you were super hyped and just seeing your journey along the way has been crazy. What kind of inspired you to just get started on this whole journey? Oh man, um, it was a lot of things. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't just one day. I, I woke up and was like, "I'm gonna do this." It uh, really started when I was. I was owning. I own this clothing company called Sunny Co Clothing, and it was going real well, and we were making good money. But I, I just felt like something was missing, and I felt like it it wasn't my true purpose per se so i ended up selling the company and i i uh, should a lot of people think that i should have had a lot of confidence under my belt after selling this company but mm -hmm. uh for some reason i just did not and i i had a lot of self-doubt on what i was going to do next and if i would be successful and um, i was in la partying a lot and um had a lot of, uh, you know, days where I just was not motivated. And one day my roommate dragged me to the Grand AC Run Club. And uh, again, it didn't change overnight. But after a few weeks, I started showing up more to the Run Club and showing up, I guess, for myself and my life. And um, yeah, I got the running bug. It was funny because I hated running like for pretty much my entire life. Whenever I played sports in high school, I would like choose the sports that had like the least amount of running. So baseball. Um, and yeah, the running, I did not like it, but after I would run on, on those Saturdays with the run club, like I would just feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, so I knew it was a good thing for me and I knew it was a good thing to keep doing it. Um, and then I started running like in between the weeks or the weekends on my own, um, signed up for the first half marathon in November and when I accomplished that, I was just like, like, are we allowed to cuss on this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, fuck yeah. I should have asked that. <laughs> I should have asked that before, but I was like, I was like, shit, like I never knew I could accomplish like a half marathon. Like mm -hmm. I never associated myself with that type of like lingo because like 
I just didn't see myself as a runner ever doing those things. So, And you went from running like three, four, five at Grand DC, which is like the preset amount of miles that they have, to yeah. running throughout the week and then going out running, what is it, 13.1? 13.1 miles for the yeah, half marathon. Yeah, for the half marathon. Yeah. Crazy. Um, what was the timeline for that too? Was that like six months, three months or something or what? That was, so I probably joined the run club in like August and then September, October, November, like three months later. Wow. And because when you yeah. first started the run club, because you said you were not a runner, didn't necessarily enjoy it. Because I went to the run club too, and it's fantastic. First off, it's a group of just very wonderful, supportive, happy, high energy people. Mm-hmm. Um, but even because I did the three miles for the first one, and I was, I had a guy pushing a stroller past me. I was just yeah. very winded from the rest of the group. How was it your first time going? Was it hard? Did you immediately, the first time you went, you're like, this feels great. I kind of want to keep going. <laughs> um, no, it's the exact opposite. It was more yeah. so like your experience. I yeah. was just like, I remember when I finished, I was like so out of breath and I was just <laughs> like, wow, I'm like really out of shape. And uh, I, yeah, it, it honestly was like one of those things that it took a couple weeks for me to actually notice like, oh, I'm like getting better at this and I'm also starting to enjoy it. So like there would be runs where like halfway through like the endorphins would be going and I would just be like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. And And I think after the half marathon is when I realized, like, um, I think I told one of my friends one night, I was like, oh, it's a sick, it's a really nice night out. Like, it'd be cool to go for a run right now. And then I, like, heard myself say it. And I was like, like, wait, what? Where did that come from? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, so then I signed up for the LA marathon, which was in March of 2019. Mm -hmm. And, um, Again, like when I finished the half marathon, I remember the first thing I thought was like, how do people do twice this distance? You yeah, know? I'm right there yeah. right now because I'm prepping for the LA marathon. Oh, okay, like, cool. The most I did was 16 and I was dying okay. so far. So. The, so before my uh, before the LA marathon, I think the most miles I had ever ran was 15 in one setting. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then you I just pulled like 11 out of your butt. <laughs> I, I so it's wild, but I, I rolled my ankle. So I was training up until then. I rolled my ankle. I think it was like a week and a half before the marathon. And so I had to completely stop training and I like had like a brace on it and everything. And when it got to the marathon, I was like, F it. Like I'm, I'm going to do this. Like really? just no matter if I get hurt or whatnot. And, um, but I told myself, I was like, I hope I have those extra miles in, in the yeah. tank. Like, we'll see, you know. So a lot of it was just so mental. And, um, yeah, it was actually before I even ran that race in March, I wrote in my journal that I was going to run across the country and uh, do it to show uh, people that someone who could barely run three miles could run over 3,000. Wow. Talk to me about that marathon experience what was going through your head through the whole process because i know when i go on to these long runs sometimes i'll get into like a philosophical sphere sphere in your my head because you're just in your thoughts for hours when you're Mm. running that long so what was that first marathon like for you so it's interesting because the the la marathon i was actually signed up for a a half ironman if you know what that is Mm -hmm. uh two weeks after that marathon. Wow. So it's like no recovery, <laughs> no recovery at all. And actually what went through my head when I was running the marathon was like, okay, scratch the half Ironman. I'm just going to complete the marathon. Like in my head, I was like, I already like gave up on the half Ironman. So that's where my head was like 
thinking ahead. And I think so much of us do that. And instead of just staying in the moment in that, in that space and saying like, all right, I have two more hours of running and then I can just like chill by the beach or go drink a beer, or just hang out, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was definitely, it was hard for me to stay in that pain, I guess. And that, uh, you know, challenge of running that far yeah yeah when you're running those miles do you think oh i have like 11 more to go or are you like okay there's that building there's that tree like let me get to that and then let me keep going let me go on to the next marker like what's your thought process with that that's a good question um for the marathon just in general at this point i guess but maybe yeah, yeah. what were you thinking during so the marathon? for the marathon i was definitely going mile to mile mm-hmm. i would just they had all these markers set up across LA and like every mile it was like, you'd see like, I think it was like a big blue sign or something. So, um, I was definitely going mile to mile. Um, when I ran across the country, um, I'd say the, I, I mean, I wouldn't really look for things, but maybe like I checked the time on my phone and see how long I've been running, how many miles I, I had ran that far, mm-hmm. uh, thus far. And, um, I'd say only actually ironically towards the end of the trip is when I started to like, I'd look at like a pole and be like, all right, just get to that pole and then Damn. get to the, so it actually got a little bit harder in that sense. My, I guess, patience with it uh-huh. towards the end. Yeah. But it's kind of like a mind trick when you're looking at markers, right? Cause they're like, okay, I can get to that. And then if it's a far away marker, that's like a good mm, yeah, couple miles, no, right? I, no, on the hard days, I would literally choose something like 10 yards away. Oh, wow. So so I'd get to it, and then it'd be like, just quickly look for something else, 10 yards or whatever. Yeah, because you're running through rain and all kinds of different weather, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, the majority, I would say, because I started in May, the majority was like the real tough heat in like West Virginia, Kentucky, Tennessee of like 90 degree weather every wow. day when I was running. Felt like 100 with the humidity. Yeah. Um, and then... I didn't really like the the cold was not too bad. I didn't really mm-hmm. get hit. That was almost it. better than the heat, or one hundred percent better than the heat. Um, the the cold. Okay, the heat. the The cool thing with the heat is, um, as long as you're hydrating enough, like it, you're good for the most part. With the cold, though, your body usually, like at least for me, it heats me up when I'm out there running. So. Uh, once that like goes away, that feeling goes away though, I'll, I'll like notice, like, I think there was a day in Texas where it was maybe 40 degrees rainy and windy. And like, I started just shivering and then like one of my arms just like felt numb after like 10 miles. So I, I honestly, like, I didn't have, uh, uh, over, um, I guess exhaustion day in the heat. So maybe the cold could be worse. I don't know. It's like pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, I don't Wow. Yeah. How's your headspace in all this, too? Because I remember you were saying, so when you first got started going to the run club, you were in more of a negative headspace. Did you feel that running was kind of a form of therapy or what? Because sometimes he'll say if he'll go for a long run, you get in your head, especially for the longer ones, because if you're running hours and hours, you start thinking. You know? Totally. Yeah. Um, it was It was interesting because... Um, when I was running, I would always be listening to like music or podcasts. And, um, I noticed when I wouldn't be running, that's when I had to 
that's actually when I was more, I guess, in my head mm. um, because we had so much time just across the country in our RV. And um, we, we really, besides the running, weren't doing too much. So um, I found myself like just watching documentaries and like Netflix and that type of hey. stuff to get the head off of it. But yeah. um, no, definitely so many days just running and like, thought about everything you could possibly think about really yeah, so I can um, but yeah very therapeutic like whenever i felt like really stressed or something's going on i just go for a run it's like mm. it's the most freedom i think i i get you know mm. well walk us through a couple of the states that you've had like memorable experiences in along the way yeah sure uh west virginia was the most beautiful state that we came across mm-hmm. and I wasn't really I didn't know too much about it before running yeah. through and we ran through I'm probably gonna mispronounce it it's a hard word but like Monagahela National Forest and it was so uh it was so pretty that like I didn't even listen to my music when I was running because like you, yeah. you're just like running in the trees and you hear the birds and wow. everything and um, that paints such a beautiful picture too yeah, yeah it was it was awesome so I loved and and it was so big too that it took me like probably three days to run through it. Um, so West Virginia, the people were very nice to us out there too. We had we had this couple in this one small town called Richwood that um, invited us over to their house for breakfast one morning. So uh, we really felt like we were part of a community out there. Mm-hmm. Um, what other states? Let's see. Um, mm. I really enjoyed uh, running through, there was a town called Ruidoso, New Mexico. Um, New Mexico is pretty flat and uh, barren, but when we got to this town, it was almost like a mountain town, pretty high up elevation and um, just a nice small town feel, I guess. Um, And then probably lastly, the coolest, uh, I think it was up there with West Virginia, was running through the Arizona desert. Really? Um, because of the Red Rocks or what? It was just uh, like, I don't know. I, I've never felt so like I'm, because in West Virginia, you're in the middle of nowhere, but there's trees surrounding you. Mm-hmm. Um, in Arizona, like you can see as far as the eye <laughs> goes. Miles. And it's like, yo, I am literally in the middle of the desert. Right <laughs> Damn, now, you know? that's true. Because I've driven through Arizona before. My grandma lives in Arizona. And that would, from California, it's like six, seven hour drive. And you're just going straight for a while driving. Mm. So I can only imagine running where it's like, yeah. there's no landmarks. Yeah. <laughs> you could be like that rock or something like yeah, yeah. maybe, but it's pretty flat. <laughs> How was the weather? Cause I've driven through Arizona. Uh, I think it was during the summer and it was almost like a blow dryer was hitting me when I had my windows down. Oh what yeah. Was the, what was the temperature <laughs> like while you were going there? Uh, luckily I hit Arizona. I want to say in, in, no- in November. So um, it was maybe like 70s, low 80s. Did no. you plan that out? Or no, did Pat. you just. I uh, planned it all. <laughs> no, no, I mean, like, in terms of the seasons across the different states, did you plan any of that? Or did you just pick a date and start when you were in New Jersey? So, um, before starting, I knew I had to start quick. So, when I came up with the idea in March, I did a little bit of thinking about it and I thought it would take me eight to 10 months. So, I tried to think of, like, okay, by this time, you know, me because Arizona can get pretty cold in certain areas too. So I was kind of thinking like, 
I, I really didn't know, but I, I just knew I wasn't going to be running through Arizona in the summer because that is like a death wish. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I went, I went to do. college at University of Arizona, so I'm familiar with the desert out there and like did not spend the summers out there. <laughs> went <laughs> back home. Yeah, like that, right? yeah, went back home to California for that. So Arizona, bro, I mean, it was so hot. So tell me about those last couple of days and weeks before you went from Arizona all the way into San Diego. Yeah. Walk us through that. Um, so, but before then I always thought to myself, like I, I was not trying to think too far ahead and like, Oh, how close I am to getting home. Um, and like looking up like how many miles left, whatnot. But once I got into like Texas, it was like, I'm in Texas right now. Like I'm getting pretty close. And then when I got into New Mexico, similar feeling. And then when I got into Arizona, I was like on top of the world. I felt like, wow, like I'm in, cause it was almost like a home state to me. Cause I went to college in Tucson and yeah, you actually uh, stopped by your college too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I was able to visit, uh, my old college and it was actually homecoming. And again, I did not plan that. But, <laughs> that kind of worked out more uh, perfect. Like, like, what's that? Yeah, I remember thinking maybe like three weeks before it, like, oh, homecoming is around this time, but I don't think I'm running enough distance to get there. And then like maybe a week later, I was like, wait, I'm like picking up miles like nothing. Like maybe I could. And so it was one of those, but made it there on time, saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a couple years. And like everyone was so supportive. I almost felt like a celebrity, like at the <laughs> bar. It was nuts. Just people coming up left and right That's that nice. were like following the entire journey and like uh, telling me things like little details of like oh i remember the one day that you couldn't cross the bridge because the construction workers and i was just like, like I, I was like whoa like you were like an ultra fan you know so you have a quote by the end of it we're like another bridge or what what was uh, i would say so um yeah, one day I was just crossing a bridge and I was like, I've, I've ran across a lot of bridges. So I was like, another bridge, like, like <laughs> the DJ Khaled thing. Yeah. And then it just stuck and like people would send me videos of them crossing bridges and stuff. That's but, cute. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so running through Arizona was just like, that's that's when it became so real. Like I'm actually going to be able to do this. And mm. um, I always thought I could, but that again, it's just like, you're getting so close to like the top of that mountain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then when I, I crossed into California, it was just like, let's do this. You know, it's like yeah. two weeks. You kissed the ground time. too. I yeah. remember seeing that clip. Yeah. It, it was actually really funny because the clip I posted, I should post like a clip of the 10 seconds after it, because I like got like a r little rocks like in my mouth from kissing the ground so the next part of the scene kissing, you were really kissing yeah like the next part of the scene was literally like me spitting out like dirt and i was literally, like oh that was disgusting <laughs> <laughs> but um no i i just uh that was so monumental because at that point i was over three thousand miles which like in my head dude like my i mom. never thought i could do that and yeah. then um to be in the home state and yeah, that was an amazing feeling. I feel like you'd have so much adrenaline too at that point because you, you've been telling yourself, okay, I'm going to make it here, I'm going to make it here. And then you make it there and you're like, whoa. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. How, how was like your morale once you got into California and then getting over to San Diego? Were you just on a high and you're just ready to go or how was it? 
that last part. It was good. I was staying real focused. I'd say once I got to, um, there's a little town, maybe like 60 miles outside of San Diego called Julian, Julian, California. They have amazing apple pies. If you guys are into apple pie, shout out to Julian, um, <laughs> sponsored by Julian, <laughs> sponsored but, by the tourism board of Julian, California. Um, so what's really cool about Julian though, is like, I grew up going there around winter time with my family to, to, I guess like get pies and like, I think they have like orange trees out there. So we'd go pick the oranges and stuff. And so I was like very familiar with the town and, and for the most part, you know, besides I guess Tucson and a few other places, like these are places I had never been to in my life. So when I got to Julian, I was like, wow, like I'm really close. And I actually ran a marathon the day I got into Julian. And when I was running through the town, it was like a Saturday and there's a ton of people there. And I just did like an extra mile for fun, like just through the town, like almost like a victory lap. Like it didn't go towards San Diego. Yeah, it was yeah. just through the town. Well, even going to your school in Arizona was a little bit out of the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't choose the most efficient route. Like if you look <laughs> San Diego to New Jersey, I think it's like 2,600, 2,700 miles driving. You could probably run it in like 2,900 miles if you're really efficient. But mm -hmm. I just chose places I want to see. Yeah. The scenic uh, route. Yeah. yeah. You want to have fun. Yeah, it, yeah, you know? yeah. Which I did. But the, it was a good mix, I think. And I would always tell the driver that came with me, Nate, um, I would always tell him like, okay, I think we're doing too much of this and I'm losing focus and running. We need to, let's, let's hit just focusing on running for a couple days before we do some touristy thing, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a good mix. So that. you're hitting that victory lap and then what? So pretty much after that, we went, we went to one of the, like the local breweries in the town and I, I told Nate, it was funny. I just walked right up to him and I was just like, I was like, we're going to do this. Like I had no doubt in my mind. I was like, I'm completing the run across America. And before that moment, cause, cause I thought to myself 60 miles, like even like if I like could not uh, like break a bone, break a leg, whatever. I'll like crawl. Like I could just walk, you know, mm -hmm. if I wanted to the rest of the day. So I don't know. That was kind of the moment where I, you could say lose focus or whatnot, but I just like at that point, like I, I had done it already. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Damn. And then the last, last week, you know, I'm running by, um, towns that I've been to growing up, um, going into Poway, I'm over this mountain. And that was the first time I saw the ocean and I wasn't even expecting it to, I don't know what I was thinking, but I should have known like running into Poway, like you can see the ocean. It's the highest elevation once you get to the, the beach. So, um, but yeah, I was running over it and I saw the ocean and it was just like mind blowing. Cause I hadn't seen ocean for, it was like 215 days or something. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> and then the adrenaline kicks in again. You're like, hey. Yeah. Yeah. The last, I'd say like three days, I just felt like each day it just got stronger and stronger. And mm -hmm. I felt like I was just running on air that last day. Damn. It was kind of funny to me because I saw you approaching San Diego and then getting into San Diego. And I'm like, I feel like it would take some self-control for you not to just finish the run because you were kind of waiting to mm. run up the whole group for the last three miles, right? Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I probably could have finished like a week earlier, but we <laughs> set, we, so we, for people that don't know, we set a, a date, a final date where anyone could come and run the last three miles with me. And that was probably a month out. 
And sure enough, I was ahead of schedule, but um, I wanted to do that because people were flying in for it. So I didn't want anyone to, I guess, uh, or me postpone it because I'm not there on time or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. I mean, better early than being late. You yeah. Know? Like at, least, <laughs> <laughs> at least you were have it one way or the other. Yeah, like, yeah. You got it that way <laughs> than the other. And also something that you keep saying, um, like I realized I was going to make it. When you first started the run, mm-hmm. did you know in your mind you're like, I'm going to do this, like, this is going to be easy? Or was there, like, kind of a part in your mind you're like, damn, that's a huge goal. I'm just, do you just block it out? Or So um, from the time I wrote it in my journal, mm-hmm. I probably spent a full month of not telling, like, a single human being, like, what really? I was going to be doing. And I did that to almost, like, become firm in my head that I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had, like, a percentage, I think, like, oh, I think, like, maybe 90% chance that I can do this. Um, I just kind of, I, I knew if I could get started, I felt like my mind where my mentality was at, that my body would catch up. And that's pretty much what happened. But um, I'd say once I got to Arkansas, I had an Achilles injury in Arkansas. And that was the first time on the trip where I actually questioned if I was going to be able to finish the yeah, run. I remember hearing about that to where you were, what, I think the story that I heard was you had a conversation with your dad about it, right? And you kind of broke down in tears and you were really questioning whether you're going to be able to make it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the and your Achilles tendon is just so tender that like if you tear it, you're pretty much screwed. So, um I like at this point, like when I would touch my tendon, it was like stretching. Like it was just, if I, if I was a little more aggressive, I think it would have torn. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of putting in perspective how much I had sacrificed for the whole thing. And I think that's why I got really emotional, but it almost kind of like showed me like, Oh, like, because I thought I cared a lot about it, but that showed myself, like, I really do like, give a lot mm-hmm. yeah how much you did care about it yeah how did you heal after that like what do you do you just... I know, that's the thing that's mind-boggling to me because here i am trying <laughs> to go from like 16 miles to this week i need to run 20 miles <laughs> like my knee hurts. And my, my knee is struggling right now bro. Yeah. we'll have to talk about that but what the hell did you do to re- i in the story that i heard you recovered in like two or three days or partially recovered and you kept going so how the hell <laughs> did you recover from these different injuries you had along the way so what What was the recovery each day yeah so what i would do at the beginning i think like after day three i was already hurting in like certain areas of my body Mm -hmm. and i was like oh god day three from the the beginning yeah from the beginning (laughs) what was your average mileage again so the first month i averaged about 10 10 miles um but what i would do is say i had like a, a left ankle um pain or whatnot what i would do is after the run so i when i would feel it coming on during the run i would i would i would notice it i would acknowledge it but then i would kind of just say to myself okay let's get through the run now we know that's going on in that area we'll ice recover to that area but let's just get through the run um so i kept doing that and then i would write in my journal like today day five or whatever uh left ankle pain got through it um, iced, recovered. And then like a week later, say, say the pain started to slowly go away. I had like right knee, uh, pain, discomfort, right in the journal. And as I'm writing in the journal, I'd look and see, oh, well, 
my left ankle was hurting a week ago and now it's not like mm. this is going to be the same situation. So that worked all the way up until Arkansas. And then the Achilles, it was almost like once I heard all the outside opinion, I realized like, dude, you cannot overdo this or you could ruin the whole trip for yourself. So I ended up walking the day after like the pain really uh, got to me. And I think I walked like 18 miles and then the day after that, my right leg started to hurt. So I realized you're probably overcompensating. I was overcompensating. So yeah. then I literally, it was really hard for me to do because I was not taking many days off. I took two days off. We were in like a Dollar General parking lot and I did not come outside the RV for two days. I just literally like rested, iced and like mentally I was just like, I was just like, please, please, I need to get through this. And, uh, I took, Nate took a video of me. I think we were in like Casa Grande, Arkansas. And he takes a video of me starting my run on the day, like after all this recovery. And it was funny because I told him, I was like, just record once I start running. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I had no yeah. clue if uh, it could have torn in the first step of me running. Oh my God. But I ran maybe five steps and it's all on video. And I'm just like, we're good. Let's go. <laughs> Back at it, like, baby. You're like, yeah. thank Let's God. Go, baby. It works. Hold your breath. You're like, we're yeah. good. Wow. Yeah. That is wild, man. Yeah. And I think I went like on a roll of like 50 days in a row. No, no days off after that. Mm -hmm. so. Wow. That must have felt really good though when yeah. you took those like little bits. Yeah. Like, I almost oh, man, felt like after it. that, and Nate even said this to me, he was like, this is just going to make the finish that much sweeter for you. And, yeah. and that, you know, that was kind of the truth. It was like, yo, if I can get through all those past pains and then especially this one, like, you know, I, I think even when I got to New Mexico, I said, someone was like, how's your body holding up? That was like the number one most, you know, asked question. Yeah. And I just said to them, like, it doesn't matter. Like it has no choice at this point. It's holding up. You just like, tell your body to keep yeah, going. Yeah. It shows like the mental power mm. that it has. Cause that, that, that's something that's so true. Your mental power can dictate a lot of body. I've heard with even pain, having pain, mm -hmm. if your body admits, or even like patients who are sick, or even if you're terminal, like you can will yourself to, you know, staying well as long as you can, or if you just mentally give up, then, you know, people give up, but it just shows how much mental power has control over your body, which is insane. Of Cause course. I'm sure your body was probably in so much pain. Yeah. I was conscious of it too. So when people would ask me questions on social media, um, I would have to, I, I wanted to be honest, but I knew like, say, say you start telling yourself like, Oh, how's my body holding up? Well, it's been pretty shitty lately or like, Oh, it's, it's hurting a lot. And like, mm -hmm. then I start saying that to all these people, like, sure, it could be hurting a little, but now, now it's like, I've accepted, like it's hurting a lot and, and maybe that can make it worse. Um, mm -hmm. and especially in person, I noticed like I was able to be like swayed a lot more. Yeah. Like in Arizona, someone said to me, they said, <laughs> I don't know why they said this, but okay. they're like, they're like, dude, you're crushing it. You're doing a great job. Just don't, whatever you do, don't get injured. Oh, and I no. was like, I was like, dude, you don't, you, you think I me, don't, bro. you think I don't know this? Like, of course, like I'm thinking of this already, but, um, <laughs> you just like bring it to it. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. I mean, that's your biggest fear out there is like you get yeah. injured and you're, you're kind of done. So yeah. yeah. Damn. Just try not to think about this. You're like, thanks bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> so bro, these injuries, the recovery behind it, um, 
along with how you talked about you icing and and doing your recovery measures to get that Achilles back in running condition, what was your daily recovery that you did just to make sure you were fresh? Did you have any kind of rituals or anything before you went to bed? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just throughout the day, I would, I would stretch for about like an hour and like, that's, it honestly is a form of, of, I guess, pre recovery, because if you're not stretched, that's when you can get injured. Um, so do that. And then post runs, I would ice, um, and I, but we had like a bunch of these ice packs in our freezer and then I would, um, actually ice again before nighttime, but like the ice packs would take, I think it was like maybe eight hours to get really cold in the freezer. So on certain days where my runs ended, like really, I guess late, I had to like wake up at like three, 4am and like go get the ice packs and like, you know, that early in the morning. So recovery was just kind of nonstop. Um, and then I would also be elevating my legs in the RV. So they say when you're running that amount that it's really good for, I don't really know the science, but I would just <laughs> elevate the legs. They yeah. say yeah. it. So yeah, I was like, Whoever all right. they are. So, uh, <laughs> they. Yeah, it was pretty they. much just. Don't uh, worry about they. <laughs> I, I heard someone just say it's called rice. So rest, ice, uh, oh, compression and elevation. So for compression, I would always be wearing like these like ankle bands, knee bands, that type of thing. Okay. Mm. I'm taking notes right now, bro. I think it's like Ace. Like it's really just okay. Like, yeah. So sponsored by Ace. Ka-ching, <laughs> <laughs> ka-ching. Uh, so you were struggling in getting through these injuries, and you had all these outside factors that were also pushing you just to keep going. Right? You had the people back home that were ready to run with you on the last day. You had the people who have heard you on the radio and different news outlets across the country as well as these different charities that you committed to. So how'd you go about finding those charities to partner with along the way? So um, it, it first kind of started as like, this is a personal challenge. Like I was in a dark spot and it was like, can I accomplish something I never thought I could do? And then it was like, as I'm doing this, I want to inspire other people that are also going through a struggle that they can get through something. And then I, when I met with my family before doing this, they were like, why don't you just raise money for different charities as you're out there while you're, while you're doing this? And it was just a no brainer. And I just chose the first one I chose was national Alliance on mental illness, because I felt like that was really in, aligned with like what I was going through at the time. And, um, then from there, I just chose a couple more that were like really close to close to my heart, make a wish foundation. My sister was granted a wish at uh, 17 years old wow. um, when she had brain cancer growing up. So she's a cancer survivor now, but Dang. it was Amazing. just, it was such a special, I think uh, time for our family to like be together, but not in a hospital and like being doing something fun, you know? So I was hoping that, through the run, I could I could hopefully grant someone else a wish. Um, wow. A couple more like St. Jude's, Children's Hospital, um, cystic fibrosis. One of my friends had cystic fibrosis and passed away, but he lived way longer than all the doctors expected. And um, I really wanted to run for him. His name was Liam Hearn. So uh, yeah, and I, I ran for a total of 12 different charities that just, you know, made sense to me. And and how much did you end up raising today? Uh, so we raised over forty thousand wow. so. dollars. Yeah. yeah, thank oh, you. Yeah. That's thank awesome. You. That ain't easy. That's amazing. Man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. He's like, stop, stop. <laughs> um, no, but it was like kind of where you're going with that. It 
it felt like to me, instead of like a pressure, especially with like all the news, I guess, coverage I was getting and, and I have people back home, I have the charities, it could have been, I think earlier in my life, I would have viewed it as like, wow, this is a lot of pressure now to accomplish this. But I just almost felt like this is a, a, a great opportunity. This is like almost my responsibility. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm responsible for all, all this, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I kind of just accepted like, no matter what I have to go through mm-hmm. out here, like I'm okay with it. And that's a very positive mindset too, to have about it. Cause I think no matter what the situation, you can look at it either in a positive way or in a negative way, negative person being like, God damn, this is so much pressure. There's all these people that I need to like, you know, not let down. But I think the flip side of that is you were looking at it as, man, these all these people are loving and supporting me. They believe in my journey, things like that. And then the charities too. Do it for too, them. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. doing it for them. You're like, we got this type yeah. thing. And that's something I even noticed the day that you were doing. You're like, we did it. Yeah. Even on the t-shirts, mm-hmm. you were like, we did it. I was like, no, you did it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> no, but still it, that whole mentality. Yeah. It, and it was so true though, because like, I, 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 I did it, but with everyone put me in that position to do it. So that's kind of where the, the we did it came yeah. from. And, and again, like just while I was out there, people had the biggest uh, impact on me just from doing the smallest things. Like, mm-hmm. again, the, the family that invited us for breakfast or just someone donating to the cause, pulling over on the side of the road, asking me for water, if I wanted water or snack mm-hmm. or something. Wow. So. Um, yeah, everyone had their part in it. Yeah. And that goes to show even the little things that people will do that they don't even think is significant just in general. Cause I've even had right a shitty day and I went to freaking Walmart yeah. And the girl at the cash register was like, girl, I love your shoes. And they were like $5 from Walmart. Yeah. And I was like, thanks, they're $5 from Walmart. It was like, this is the coolest thing. And it just completely changed my mood from having this shitty day to being like, that was really sweet. Like, thanks. Totally. I think, yeah. I think like if people could see the impact that they have on others, then they would be more, I guess, motivated to to focus on just doing the little things. I think people always think they need to do something as grand as I say, running across the country, but you can really just do the smallest thing and have a, a huge impact, change someone's day. Yeah, you know, so. thousand percent. We talked about how media has influenced this whole journey, you know, radio, TV interviews that you've done and social media as well. So what were, what was um, the impact that social had on your experience? And like, what was your, did you have any kind of strategy when it came to posting and trying to get the word out about your journey to get more people involved with charity as well? So um, to be honest, like the number one thing in my head was just complete the run. Um, and then everything else was additional. So we would reach out to certain news stations when it made sense. Um, did we do it all the time? No. Um, but a, a lot of experiences, even just like you reaching out to me and saying, you know, I, I work for on air with Ryan, like that was such an amazing opportunity. And a lot of the opportunities kind of came like through those like mm-hmm. really unique, uh, uh, instances, but the, the social media had such a big impact. I noticed when I was running because every day I would, I would post like right before starting a run, like it's day 100 and whatever, let's get it. Let's have a great day. And I noticed it was a great way to keep me accountable. 
Um, because even days that maybe I wasn't feeling good or whatever, once I did that, it was like, all right, let's go. Like we're, we're starting another day. So, um, I talk about this, like an accountability mirror. I think that's really important is just like looking yourself in the mirror and saying, you know, I can do this. Let's, let's do this. We can, we can get this done. And I think social media, Instagram was kind of that for me too out there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Cause you're seeing all the people that are seeing you approach this uh, yeah. landmark of getting all the way to San Diego and they're just keeping up with you. And that also kept you accountable. I feel yeah. like that goes in line with what one of your goals or mission was too, to like, okay, I'm doing this that I didn't think I could do. And you want to inspire other people to be able to, you know, yeah. uh, draw from that and apply that to their own lives. And social media is just an easy way to do that. Yeah. Also, I had a question. How did you get the news coverage? Because when we were there, there was like a camera crew, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did so, they reach out to you? Um, so that was... Uh, one of the stations, one of the stations had reached out to me. It was a, a friend from high school, actually, that worked at, at KUSI. I was uh, thinking, because she looked pretty young. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she was, uh, his name's Mikey McKinnon, and that was his sister, Casey. And um, yeah, that was just kind of a a, a San Diego link. Mm-hmm. And then um, some of the other news stations, I think someone from our team had reached out to them and, and made so that cool. happen. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was it was amazing to have all that support. Yeah. There. Yeah, it just shows if you're like doing something positive, I think the right people will surround them like kind of flock to you. Yeah. You get some press, some press in there. <laughs> so you you've ta- talked briefly about your different struggles and the injuries or anything like that, but um is there anything that stood out to you as the biggest struggle throughout the process? So, uh what was interesting is um and Kim kind of touched on it is like the positive mindset. So when I was in like West Virginia, for example, I was talking to my friend Alan on the phone. He's like, where are you? And I like told him the little town in West Virginia. And he, t- he took out his phone and looked on Google Maps and he's like, oh my gosh, like you have such a far way to go. What is with these people, bro? <laughs> I need to surround myself with better people. Trust me. No. He's uh, like, we don't talk anymore. <laughs> And that was my last conversation with yeah, him. No. That's also hilarious that even he's like, dude, you got so far to run. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a, what your good friends do. But, oh, yeah. Um, it, was, uh, it was interesting, though, because that's how everyone really looked at it, is they mm-hmm. could only see what I had left. And I just tried to think about what I had done mm-hmm. up, up to that point. So it's almost like you're, as, uh, instead of looking at the top of the mountain, you're looking behind you and how far you've, you've came. And it's like, let's just keep taking one day at a time, one step at a time. So mm-hmm. that was, uh, the hardest thing was staying in the moment and not thinking too far ahead, how many States I had left to run and all that. Um, and, and yeah, and then I'd say probably like putting my feelings to the side when I, there was one day in Tennessee where like I had been running for a week straight with a cold and one morning I just woke up and I was like, Oh, I'd much rather be at the beach right now and just like laying down and have like a spa day or something. Yeah. And, I was like, just going to ask know, like, yeah. what do you do when you get a cold? Cause I, uh, like a week ago or something like that got hit with the cold it's and tough, even like doing the littlest like work things. I was like, Oh, just like, drains you. I can't yeah. stop. I need to keep going. Yeah. But your your headspace is just not. Because I'm normally a happy, positive person. Yeah. But when I was sick, I was just like, oh. 
Yeah, so you didn't really stop anything. much if you got sick. Yeah, right? you kept going for it. Yeah, so that that cold, I, I ran like, <laughs> I mean, I probably would have got over it in like three days, but it probably lingered for like a week and a half because I just every day it didn't didn't stop. But yeah. and I'm not I'm not uh, saying you know again you know your body and mind the best and mm-hmm. and do what's right and like for me in that moment it was like I need to keep running so. Um, again, like with the, with the Achilles injury, if I had that mindset, there, there's different situations that you have to look at and, and assess if, if it's right to keep pushing or, or, okay, I need to, you know, take, take, it, take it easy for, for a sec. So. Yeah. A thousand percent. And that's good. That, Cause you're saying only, you know, your body, you know, yeah. you know what you can push yourself to do and where you should be like, you know what? I should rest a little bit. I should rest for a yeah. couple days. Yeah. You know? Cause I, I think too, when I was in Arkansas, like a, other people's opinion of it, I was really valuing it. Um, but when I was like sick in Tennessee, I remember like the outside opinion didn't really you know, uh, change my perspective on it that much. So maybe, yeah, it is like when you're valuing outside opinion more, it's like, oh, maybe I should take a second look at this and slow down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So what's the biggest tool that you use to overcome the adversity? Just breaking things into small chunks, it sounds like, or what? Breaking it down, um, remembering all the all the tough things that I'd been through. Hmm. Um, that was always so key. Um, like even when I got to, I think it was like Texas, I started getting really bad pain from like waist down and it was like unprecedented. Like I hadn't felt this type of pain the whole run. And the only time like I wouldn't feel it when it was when I was sleeping and I would like take Advil and like everything, turmeric pills. I was just trying everything to like stop the, uh, I guess, yeah, stop inflammation. And hmm. I remember I had to just tell myself, like, dude, you've been through so much shit out here. Like, you can do this. You can get through this. So um, I guess for whatever reason, our minds like to, like, play this trick on us in a way that's, like, every new challenge, because it's new, it's like, oh, oh, you should be scared about this or you should be fearful of this. But it's like, yes, it's new. You've never seen it before, but that doesn't mean that you can't overcome it just like that last challenge you overcame. Mm -hmm. And that kind of reminds me of someone we were talking a second off camera, all the things that you were going through your run, you weren't expecting to learn so many life lessons from Mm -hmm. it. And we were saying as cliche as it sounds to have all these takeaways from a run be able to apply to your life. But I think there were so many huge ones like having the right mentality for something or setting the small short-term goals is huge. So that way you don't get disappointed discouraged you know of your big goal you get excited when you hit that goal and then you just build up that momentum and you keep going yeah it's like it's like one of one of uh my friends did a full iron man which is like a really hard uh, you know (laughs) exercise i guess on your body and when he finished it he felt so great but then like i think he said he didn't work out for like two months straight (laughs) just to recover yeah and i was just thinking to myself like that's interesting because you're doing those those things uh, to exercise more and, and be healthier, I feel like. And so it's almost like ironic that that would make you just completely stop doing it. And I always kind of felt like through this run, sure, it was a goal that I set, but I want to continue running because mm-hmm. I love it and I love all the things that it brings to my life, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, but yeah, people do that with like weight loss goals too. I feel like, yeah, Oh, if true. I don't 
lose 10 pounds this year um, and they get close, maybe they lose like eight pounds, but then they just are like, ah, oh, let me, let me go back to eating a lot or, or doing whatever they were doing before when it's like, no, you've made progress. Keep, you know, keep set, set another goal and then yeah. you're, you're still making progress, you know? So yeah. Look at all the things that you have accomplished. Yeah. So I guess it's that ahead. same concept. Yeah. 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 Was there any funny or awkward stories along the way? I'm sure with the RV, there had to be some funny so, stuff going on. <laughs> there was, uh, the RV didn't look the biggest, you know, so I'm sure it was a little cramped at times and stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's weird. I really got used to it, like, to the point where I was living in a nice apartment in West Hollywood before this with, like, we had a pool, our own gym, steam room, all that, and the rv like i'd say after like three four months it felt like my home like i was so <laughs> like about it and and used to it so Aww. um no but funny story when we were i keep saying west virginia but west virginia west was just virginia. yeah we had some funny <laughs> things happen out there uh we were going through dairy queen one night and i i think it was after a run and i really was not paying attention and um Nate, Nate, the driver, he asked me, he was like, yo, are we good? And he was talking about like the top of the RV, like if we were allowed to go through the drive-thru. Oh, no. And it was like that scene out of The Hangover when he asked Alan, like, yo, are we good on the highway? And he makes the lane switch. I was just not paying attention. I think <laughs> under my breath, I was like, yeah, dude, whatever. And he oh, just no. keeps going. And like our RV was way too high. And like it almost like... I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not. I'll get in trouble, but like kind of barely hit the top of like the Dairy Queen. Oh. And uh, yeah, but then he stopped. Then we, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he reversed and then we got up to the window. Like now we were like way off on the side and uh, I was like, dude, dude, I don't think they know. Just don't, don't say anything. <laughs> don't I don't think it. they know. Yeah. He's like, uh, hi, um, so. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like, sorry. And she's like, no, look, no, what? You didn't do anything. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you would have told yourself if you could go back five years? Oh. Uh, hmm. It's like one of my favorite questions. Yeah, that's a good one. So much can happen, you know, between five years. Yeah, I mean, five years ago, I, to be honest, five years ago, I had no plans after college. And, um, I don't know, like, I honestly did not, and even, this goes even into high school too, I never thought that I was going to amount to that much in my life. So um, I guess I guess I would just, like, tell that person, like, like everything's going to be okay. Um, and um, I don't know, that's kind of, like, why I'm now on this mission to, you know, help other people find their greatness so they can share that with the world because I never knew I had this type of greatness in me. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I would just tell them like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like chill out. You're going to be fine. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, and then finally, I just have two more questions. So any advice for someone that wants to get into running? Cause I'm trying to get her to start running with me, at least at Grand her, AC. Her face was not too excited. No, I but, well, <laughs> was even going to the run club the first time where I was like, I'm not a runner. And he goes, trust me, you'll love it. And honestly, because the people there, I think, made me so happy. But it's just running. And, and I was probably like your headspace too and you were getting started. I was like, I just don't think my body's made for that. 
I don't know. Like I, I was dead last when we went to the run club. It's funny because I feel like we all started there because when I first went to Grand AC, I was hungover and my muscles were burning and Andy was burning hot outside. It was like 95 yeah. in West Hollywood. Yeah. And I, I, I signed up. I was on the route for five miles and then halfway through, I'm like, nah, I can only do three. And I, that was hard. So I feel like we all kind of start there. Yeah. But yeah, what's your advice for someone that's thinking they're interested in it? Um, I would just say to them that, you know, sometimes it's the things that we, just because you hate it doesn't mean you you can't love it, I guess. Because I, I truly hated it. It was like the last thing I wanted to do. Wow. And um, I, I just, for whatever reason, kept having people in my life trying to get me to do it. And then it became something that I felt the indi- individual freedom to just go run whatever time of day, wherever. Um, and again, it's it's like, you know, you can just go, it's almost like your, your schedule. You can just be kind of spontaneous with it. And I don't know, it's given me so much freedom. So I would just say, uh, stick with it. If you like it, definitely stick with it. Um, if you hate it, don't knock it. And if you love it, then hit me up. We'll go for a run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> open invite right there. Yeah. Like, what's this number? <laughs> so my bro, what can we look forward to for the future of Brady? I know yeah. in, in the past you were a business owner and entrepreneur. I think we even heard about your company before because you had like a famous social media campaign that the red you did. viral swimsuit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you break down that a little bit? <laughs> I know, I know we're going for time here. We're going yeah, on yeah. and on, but that's a crazy story in itself. Yeah. And my question is, you know, what are you looking at in the future? And, and is, does it have something to do with business? Is that something to do with fitness? What are you looking at? Of course. Um, so again, like I was saying, I really want to, um, you know, continue to prove to myself that I'm, I'm capable of, of great things. And, um, I think, I think this, this, run that I just did, um, I can really connect with even more people that I've, that I've connected with this far to, to, you know, show, I guess just share my story because, um, again, my story is raw, it's real, it's, it's, it's me. And, um, you know, I think I, anything that really can empower others and that can help others that are going through a hard time, I think, that's what I want to do. Um, if that's the book that I'm writing or a podcast that I'm going to be launching, it, it doesn't really matter what it is. I think I have my like purpose that's that's uh, set, and then kind of whatever fits into that, I'll I'll do. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, what's your podcast going to be called? By the way, Maybe you should shout it out. Yes. Yeah, so um, right now I'm kind of like between two two names a positive perspective and then empowered so Hmm. uh, but again it's just gonna be sharing really positive empowering stories of people that were able to overcome something Hmm. um and something that was real you know there's there's a lot of people i think that that achieve things and and they don't talk about the hard things that they had to go through so i really want to connect with people on that level because everyone can agree on the hard things that they've gone through. And it's kind of like when you hear of someone doing something amazing and they're not talking about any hard things, it's like, yo, yeah, you just saw the highlight of it all. Like, how can I relate to that? Or or, I don't know. That doesn't, 
it doesn't feel real. So I guess connecting with people like that mm -hmm. through it. I feel like that is something that is so real because you're right a lot of times, especially even with social media, you'll just see the highlights of everything. You didn't see the struggle. But mm -hmm. I think learning and diving into the struggles, you get inspired by that. And that's not something like I took from the last day. So the last day when you ran the last three miles, I wasn't even planning on running. I didn't have running clothes or anything like that. We were just in the parking lot. And I remember you were running and there was like a flock. It looked like a flock behind you. Yeah. <laughs> of people and I was recording and I got so hyped by it yeah. that I started running I love and it and then I had to catch up with it after like I literally have the video and thank god like you stayed behind with me when I was like I don't yeah. think I'm gonna I make it it's a tough hill it all yeah. oh, the hill cause it was like the very beginning then it started raining for a little bit and I just wasn't in the right attire so I was just like <sighs> yeah like, we're talking about the last day in it. San Diego by yeah the, way. the last day in San Diego but it was just infectious the I think the energy that you had and even when you crossed over towards the end the amount of people like people were just cheering your name people were so excited about everything and just to be around that positive energy of people that were so excited about something it like had me feeling good yeah. for the rest of the day and I yeah. think to kind of end but with that too because I came in the part where you're reading from your journal you were like it I was going through a hard time mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of what sparked this and I think that made it that much more real because it can relate to so many people that were like either going through a hard time or had been going through a hard time and been like, but look at where he's at now. Look yeah. at the love and support. People were literally like lifting you off the ground. They were like, Fuck yeah, like <laughs> this is great. You know, like it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to witness, which I thought was great. So yeah. I'm glad that you're continuing that as your mission. You yeah. Know? And I think what you just said right there, it's like, energy is so infectious so mm -hmm. if you have a negative energy and and you're just gonna take it out on some random person that can totally derail their day or you can have that positive effect on someone so yeah 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 i'm excited uh, i'm things. extremely excited <laughs> and i know we didn't get to touch too much on your backstory but this whole run has been an amazing story to follow and document. So I don't know if we'll have to have you on another episode sometime, <laughs> or I'm going to put your podcast down in the in a link in the description once it's going, so people oh, can check amazing. out that. Thank you know, you. Well, yeah, that's um, a good one. And I was like, if you want to hear the full story, oh. yeah, make sure you guys keep up with Brady. I'll put that link down in the description. And what is it on on Insta? Your Instagram? Oh, just uh, Brady M Silverwood. I, I change it from the Brady Runs America. Brady runs but, America. But, awesome yeah. guys. So if you want to find out more about Brady, hear more about the story, make sure to keep up with them it's been another episode of chats with max i loved having you in bro it's been a long That's time awesome. in the making yeah. uh kim any last words uh no <laughs> I, I love putting her on the spot it's my favorite she's like no we covered it all i was like stay classy la i was like i don't know what to say uh, like, yeah. that just uh, came out than, yeah. <laughs> it's like throw up yeah <laughs> throw up in my mouth basically well, that was another episode of chats with max and we'll catch you guys next week peace <laughs>